Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Thanks for downloading Changing Politics. This is a political podcast hosted by me, comedian Grongy Maguire, and journalist Marie LeConte that chats about the week's news and highlights issues that you, yes, you, can make a difference to. Now, because the first half of each week is topical chat, we reckon you might not be bothered to download old episodes. Some of them are so old, they were recorded back when Boris Johnson was in the Cabinet. So while we're off over the summer, we're re-releasing all the features we've done on how you can get involved in changing the way politics works in this country, which are less topical than the first bit of the show. They're only 10 to 15 minutes long, so we hope you enjoy this new bite-sized form. This podcast is the feature from the fifth episode we did, which was about food banks. There had been some real problems with food bank shortages, especially outside London, so we spoke to the Director of Policy, External Affairs and Research from the Trussell Trust, as well as a food bank user, about what we can do to help. So from the 26th of July 2018, which is, full disclosure, the same day we're recording the links to these shortened podcasts. This week, we're looking at food banks. People are relying on them more and more. Last year, the Trussell Trust, a poverty charity that helps run 400 food banks across the UK, distributed 1.3 million food parcels to families in need. This is a 13% increase from the previous year. But how do you get food from a food bank? Well, they're all different, but here's Gary Lemon from the Trussell Trust to explain how they operate. Um, You can't just come through the doors and and get free food. Every single person who comes to a Trussell Trust food bank is referred from a a specialist. So that might be a local authority, it might be a citizen's advice, could be like an MP surgery or a doctor's surgery. We do a lot of work making links, uh, the volunteers in our food banks do, uh, making links with referral agencies to make sure that we do catch people who are falling through the cracks. Um, but we, we rely on the, the professionals to make the decision as to who's in need and who isn't because we've got a limited amount of food. And what sort of person goes to a food bank? Here's Gary again. There was some research which was undertaken last year by uh, Dr Rachel Loopster at the University of Oxford in King's College London which looked at the demographics of people who came to us chiefly. And and from that information, from surveying people who are coming to food banks, um, you can begin to glean information as as to why they've come. So what we found in that research is that the majority, about 80% of people who come to food banks, are meant at the time to be supported by benefits. A, A significant proportion were in work, but the majority weren't. And it found that about half of people of households who have been referred to food banks have got someone uh, there who is disabled, three quarters have an illness. And we also found that the average income uh, in the month before referral to a food bank for a household is just £319. So uh, what we've got there, when you kind of combine that 
demographic information with the scale is really is evidence of quite widespread destitution across the UK. If you delve deeper into the questions that we asked the people who came along, half of respondents in the, in the year before had been unable to afford heating, lighting, suitable clothes for the weather, toiletries, you know, things like tooth, toothpaste, sanitary products. So it's indicative of a really quite wide-ranging and serious problem, which I, I don't think enough people in this country actually realise the, the size of the issue. And here's one of our listeners, Benjamin Moore. Sorry about the sound quality, by the way. It was a bad phone line we spoke to him on. He's a carer and a few months ago, he was referred to a food bank. Because of my wife's disability, we had a, a support worker from a local organisation and she used to come to us every sort of two weeks and check how things were going on and, and make sure we were all right. And one of the things she said to us one week was, oh, would you like a food bank voucher? I hadn't really thought about it myself, to be honest, before, but, you know, things were very tight at the time. Basically, where we were at that stage was in a, in a flat where the roof had a major leak, and so we, well, our bedroom was incredibly damp all the time, and this was during the winter, so, so a lot of our money was going on electricity. And so, yeah, we were at the point of, you know, spending what we had left on food. We paid rent and paid our electricity. Food banks don't just give out food, as you probably know. Yeah, in terms of stuff extra to food, so sanitary products, really important, toiletries, toothpaste, um, some have got pet food. Up in Scotland, there's a food bank which actually has got prom dresses. I think I'm showing my age. We didn't do big graduation balls in my day when we graduated from high school, but apparently it's a really huge thing now. And so, you know, when you're surviving on such a small amount of money, something like getting a, a nice dress for your daughter to graduate is out of the question, but it's those sort of extra thoughtful things which happens in a lot of food banks and it they're they all vary um trust trust food banks are the vast majority are kind of independent organizations and we're a membership umbrella franchise model essentially so we kind of sit at the top of it but they run themselves they're chiefly volunteer-led and um what's great about them having visited so many now i've been here for about a year is that they are local people local communities who understand their own communities, interact with them every day and are able to kind of respond to need in, in, a, in a more personal and informal way and identify what's needed. And we shouldn't just think about food banks as dealing with the essentials. Here's Benjamin. If it's donated, they'll, they'll pass it out. So what they give you is non-perishable items. So it's mainly things like tins of stuff and they'll give you rice or pasta and they'll give you breakfast cereal, sort of, you know, things that they can, they can accrue and keep for a reasonable length of time. But it's not all functional, was the thing I noticed. So they will give you things like bars of chocolate and crisps and things that you might like as well as just stuff that, that works. If you're going to donate food, but just think, I guess, about what you would want. You know, if you find yourself in that position. Food banks are especially important now, during the summer. Free school meals are the only hot food some children in this country get. So how many will be going hungry now that it's the holidays? Hundreds of thousands of children come to food banks every year. And um, interestingly, what we see, if you compare the sort of the school holiday months to months just directly preceding when, when children are obviously in school and getting free school meals, then you can see a measurable increase in food bank demand nationally. And when you dig down into that as well, you can see that it is driven by families with children coming to food banks because they don't, again, again, it's, what, what our research has shown is that there's this large population of people and families who are just about squeaking by. And 
things like free school meals are utterly necessary for a large number of people. So, yeah, holiday hunger is, is a real thing. Again, credit to the volunteers in our food banks. Lots of them have recognised this years ago and actually put on extra services, extra activities for families with children. Because, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm a, I'm a father of three myself and I think when I first started visiting food banks, I think one of the things that I found hardest to deal with was bumping into children the same age as my own. So I think one of the really important things that food banks must do is, as much as possible, maintain the dignity of people who come in. Once you're in a food bank and see something like a holiday club, the volunteers are extraordinary, really, non-judgmental, supportive, and often can be the only sort of decent human interaction that people have had outside of their friends and family for a long time. So in in a way, it can be quite restorative. But I think that any kind of long-term solution to this issue, which is what our organisation is ultimately aiming for, must have dignity at its heart. Whatever your political position, surely we can agree that kids need food. So what can we do to help? The first thing I would say is that please don't despair. I've talked about lots of really large numbers and it can seem a little bit numbing but there are really concrete things that your listeners could do which we would be really really grateful if they could so yeah absolutely number one go on your website find your local food bank or emergency food provider there's not just trust trust ones there's others find out what they need go down there give them food if you want to take a a step further you could uh, volunteer the vast majority of food banks are almost entirely volunteer run and they're, they're often in need of people who would be willing to help I would say as well that though it can be a hard thing to do, it's also incredibly rewarding. You can campaign as well. The main issues that we're worried about are things like universal credit. So I said that we've seen like a 13% increase in demand where universal credit has been rolled out for, for a year. We've seen a 52% increase in demand at our food banks. So we are currently working with a coalition of organisations called End Hunger UK, where we are helping to campaign for changes to universal credit. So do please get on there and um, sign up. We've got a petition where we're asking for reforms to that. You can donate. It's not just food that food banks need. Food banks have got running costs. They've got warehouses. They've got equipment they need. Just put your hand in your pocket and give them some money, and I reckon they'd actually be absolutely grateful for that. Volunteer, donate, campaign. These are all things which would, I believe, begin to move us towards a future where food banks aren't needed. So that's what you can do this week. Go to trustfultrust.org and donate some money, offer to volunteer, or just drop some food in your local food bank. And remember what Benjamin said about that. Think about what you would want to receive if you had to go through this. The Trussell Trust are trying to raise awareness of holiday hunger. So join in and help out. When you've donated, tweet a photo using the hashtag StopHolidayHunger. Thanks for listening to this feature-only episode of Changing Politics. You can follow us on Twitter at Changing Polypod and Facebook Changing Paul for more information, including when we'll be back with new full episodes. Until then, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>